on radio, streaming live on investtalk.com, and for our podcast subscribers. This is Invest Talk, above average investing for the average investor. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. And now, KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 29, 2019. And this is going to be a very busy week for us all. Busy week in economic statistics, busy week in uh, earnings reports, the Federal Reserve, the Fed is meeting, it's probably going to lower interest rates. So it's going to be a busy week, a lot of things happening. And that's, a lot of things happen every week, but this is a particularly busy one. So we'll just have to keep an eye on everything. And of course, all those variables at play need some help. We all need some help trying to figure out what that means. Does it mean anything in the short term to us, you and me as investors? And does it mean anything to us in the long term? We'll talk about that. Now, you do realize today is the 90th anniversary of the stock market crash that caused the Great Depression. I don't know if it caused the Great Depression or was a result of other factors that caused the Great Depression. It certainly was part of it, that's for sure. Okay, so... It was a major stock market crash that occurred in late October 1929. That's why October is one of the reasons why October is known to have some of the worst down periods and days. Remember, also October 19th, 1987, the market was down 20%. Well, on 1929, October 24th uh, started the crash and it lasted till, till October 29th, four days. Okay, and that was 90 years ago today. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will also call me with your investing questions. And when you do, of course, you drive the show. You push it to whatever direction you want to talk about. I mean, as long as it's financial, we'll, we'll st- well, I'll be with you on that. We'll discuss it. You get out of the financial realm, and that's not my expertise. Okay, it's just not. Um, so, Anything financial, we'll talk about. And, of course, it's all about every one of us growing our money, making it making it our, our safety net in our old age. And I, of course, call that financial freedom, where all the goal is toward that financial freedom. And it doesn't matter what age that is, by the way, whenever you want to achieve it. I have noticed I kept pushing, I keep pushing my goal out. I don't, I keep doing it, and I'm doing it again, and I don't know why. Probably because I like doing it. That's probably why. So we're going to talk about you know getting new to that financial freedom goal and how to do it. And how I do that is I ask for your calls, your investing calls, 888-99-CHART. And as I said, anything you want to talk about financial, we'll talk about it. So, and I want to let you know, of course, I've told you before, I'll be in New York City in just nine days, 7th and 8th next week. I did have a 7th, and I added an 8th, and that's pretty much filling up. I mean, you, you've got to call if you want to meet with me. And these are, you know, no-cost portfolio reviews and consultations, and we talk about what I do. You know, KPP Financial is a money manager and what we do and our different programs. But it's also, talk. I'll talk to you about anything financial to help you, again, achieve your financial freedom goal. So we'll do that. If you want to sit down and meet with me, uh, you need to register. And by how to do that, you need to go to investtalk.com, send me an email, and you want to meet with me. And we'll set up a time. 
My main talking point today concerns a story. A survey says that the U.S. business hiring has fallen to a seven-year low. Now, you wouldn't know that if you look at the monthly, uh, monthly jobs report. You wouldn't know that. This is a survey by U.S. businesses. Hiring has fallen to a seven-year low. So what, are we, what does it mean? What, what, do, what does that uh, entail? And that's what our main talking point is going to be today. i got other couple, three other things we want to talk about. Okay, we know the Federal Reserve is meeting, right? So what's next? What are they going to do after that? What, what's, that what's next after that? I'll give you some speculation about that. Year-over-year growth of earnings per share, the growth rate, year-over-year earnings per share growth rate has fallen hard. Do you have any idea what that rate is now? We're talking about the growth rate. The growth of earnings has fallen. The earnings haven't gone negative. I'm just saying the growth of earnings has fallen. Do you know what it was in 2018, what it is this year? It's very surprising. Okay, things you should stop doing online. That's going to be our, my third talking point. Things you should stop doing online. And we'll get into that. The market was down. It was kind of mixed up, down, kind of hovering around that that even point. Market was down 19 points on the on the Dow, 49 points on the Nasdaq, and four points on the S&P 500. That was after yesterday, where the S&P 500 made new new uh, all-time highs. The other two indexes not quite there. The overall market's not there. But it's certainly trying to make a run to the new highs. We've had some pretty decent earnings. That's why. It's one of the reasons. And of course, it helps that the Fed, almost everybody believes the Fed's going to lower interest rate this week. Try to remember that old rule. Buy the rumor, sell the news. Do you know what I mean by that? The news about the Fed I'm talking about. Okay, so we'll get into all those things, hopefully. But of course, you come first. I want to talk to you. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm taking questions on our anytime listener line number. We're open. It's live right now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Brian from Orlando. I appreciate that you address both macroeconomic issues as well as specific companies. And in that light, I wanted to ask about KB Homes. That's KBH. I'm up 50% and want to take some profits but seems like home builders may just be getting started, pun intended. I would appreciate your insight. Thank you. Okay, KB Homes. KBH is the symbol out of L.A. Builds single-family uh, attached homes and townhomes and condominiums in eight states across the United States. So what do we think about the housing market? The Federal Reserve is going to lower interest rates. I think interest rates are going to keep coming down, so I think the housing market will be pretty decent. We haven't gotten to a place. Remember the report last week? New homes, construction, 708,000. Do you remember that peak was 1.3 million in 2008? Now we're up to 708,000. So we're not really even close to a peak. And there is a little shortage going on out there. So there's... It's not a bad situation for the home builders. Now, this is rent run-up. KBH was around $24 back in, uh, uh, in what, June, July, and today is at 35 So that's a pretty good run in that short period of time. So you got to, 
you got to say, okay, it's made that run, and you, as you say, you made 50%. I mean, if you go back to back to December of last year, the stock was down around $17, $18 a share. So going all the way back there, that's a really good run. So uh, your idea of taking some profits, I kind of like it, because if you go all the way back to 2017, it's right at it that high right now. So that's resistance. I have a feeling this is where it's going to stop rising, for the, at least for the short term. Even though the fundamentals for the whole housing market is pretty decent, you know, I think you've had a great run. I think you're right in taking profits. I take some. I may not get it out of all my shares, but I certainly would take some profits at this stage. This is Invest Talk. Streaming live Monday through Friday at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time. And, of course, available free, for free download as a condensed version on podcast. You can browse by topic at investtalk.com. And you can also download rate, download, rate, and review on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your financial investment questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they implement a very practical investing philosophy independent thinking, shared success. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. And now Steve is here taking your calls, so step up with your questions. 888 99 chart. Oh, okay, let's look at some uh, some benchmark numbers uh, as we do almost every day. Oil's at fifty five seventy nine a barrel. Eh, nothing much going on there. Gasoline's staying about the same, two dollars and sixty cents a, a gallon nationwide. Of course, it's way different here in California. Like a, you know, we're at what four oh five is our average. Yeah, two year Treasury yield and the ten year Treasury yield still at a normal uh, normal uh, yield. You know, yield curve, I should say. Two years, 1.642. Ten years at 1.837. Now, those are the percentage returns. What I'm, te- what I'm telling you is that it's a normal yield curve where the shorter two-year treasury pays less in yield to people who buy the treasuries than the 10-year. That's normal. It makes sense. If you're going to hold something on longer, you should get more for it. When it inverts... When it inverts, that usually leads to a recession. And that's why I'm talking about it. It reverted or inverted about a month ago, a month and a little longer ago, something like that. So that's why I've been reporting on it to see if it's going to invert again. And it's not. It's kind of spreading out a little bit very slowly. Gold was at 1488 an ounce. You know, it's, it has trouble breaking above 1500 and maintaining that. But it's had a nice run this year, but it's been going sideways for a couple of months. Sideways to downward. I'm okay with that. I still think it has another run in it, but we'll see. We'll see. And if you're watching the calendar, there are only 56 shopping days left until Christmas. Retailers like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Amazon, Costco are all expecting to do well this holiday season. I was at Costco this last weekend. And nothing but Christmas gifts there now. Huge section now. I'm thinking, geez, it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> and they, they started early. I mean, <laughs> it seems like they start earlier every year. Anyways, 
Okay. Um, did you know uh, that today, October 28th, last year, yesterday, I should say, is historically the single best day for the stock market all year? Now, did, remember what I said before, that October is known for the worst? And see, if you're paying attention, you would say, wait a minute, what, isn't that conflicting? And then I would say, no, it's not. Because October is known for putting in bottoms. In other words, falling hard, then starting back up. A bounce up, and then a rally to end of the year. Very common. So that's what we're talking about. Yes, it's yesterday was known for the best year, best day of the year. But that's because also October is known for the worst days of the year. Okay, they bounce. Markets bounce from being oversold. Okay, on October 28th, has, you know, no, I don't need to say all that. That's crap. The second best day of the year, by the way, is December 26th. Did you know that? That's uh, the S&P 500 posts a five, a half a percent gain on that day. Okay, how about the single worst day? I already kind of gave that away earlier. October 19th. That was 1987. It was not a good day. So this is a pretty volatile month. Remember I told you that September is the worst month of the year? Many people think it's October and it's not. October is just known for having some of the worst days or short few days. They're very well known. October is known for those. And of course, the Great Depression, October 29th, and then that collapse in October 1987. You know, it's known for that. Anyway, just some little bit of history there. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Vest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasen. I've been listening, to, and if you've been listening to me, let's give it a that. For a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own risk tolerance. I keep telling you this, and I'm going to keep telling you this, because you need to understand how much risk you're willing to take and be comfortable with it. When the market collapses, when it goes up, no one cares about it. It's only when it goes down. And it will go down. It always has. It'll also always go up. So if you want to calibrate your own personal risk tolerance, you can do that for free online with our tool at investtalk.com. It's called Riskalyze. It's a short risk questionnaire. And then we'll, you know, once you once you do take that, they send that to me and I respond to it and let you know how to interpret it. Okay? But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888 chart. is ticking and serious investors living anywhere in the new york city area will have to act quickly if they want to sit down with steve peasley for his no-cost portfolio review consultations steve will be in new york for two days november 7th and 8th his schedule is very tight so your best bet might be to make an appointment for friday november 8th but don't delay register now through investtalk.com Click on Portfolio Review. These are free consultations. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now. 888 99Chart. 888 Let's talk to John in San Diego. How are you doing, John? Fine, Steve. 
I wanted to ask you about Herman Miller, the furniture maker, I think. Their uh, symbol is mm-hmm. M-L-H-R. Yep, that's their, single, that's their symbol. Okay, you want to buy it? you want to sell it? Do you think it's well, a good Well, I, I thing, bought a few or? shares. I, as you used to say, uh, I stuck my toe in it but uh, with a few shares. Okay. But I was just wondering what you think of it, you know. Okay, sure. Okay, this is out of Zeeland, Michigan. It's manufactured office furniture system, seating, case goods, storage, freestanding furniture worldwide. So it's a big, two point seven billion dollar or two point eight billion dollar company. So it's a it's a decent sized company. It would be called considered probably small cap, but a larger small cap. They've made money every year for years and years and years and years. They've, they're very well run, okay, the company is. They're going to make $3.38 this year, that's the estimate, and then $3.69 next year. Now, their sales are slow, always in the single digits. Their earnings are usually up in the high single digits. They do not have very much debt. Management owns 1%. Um, they have a really good turnover rate of almost 15. So their, their inventory turns over 15 times a year. That's very good. And the PE ratio is right 11, and it's right in the middle of its range. Return equity is very high at 25, 25%. So it's a very well-run company. The stock is at $47.40, very close to a new 52-week high. I like the company. I think long-term it's a very solid company. Now, it's had a pretty good run, so be very careful. You might get a reversion back to around the high 30s, you know, before it runs up again. So just be, be, be watchful. But it's, it's right in the middle of its, it's, as far as value, it's right in the middle of its range. So it's right there. It's not neither undervalued nor neither is it overvalued. So it's a good, solid company. Good, solid company. Thanks for the call, John. That's MLHR as a symbol, Herman Miller. Let's go to Brian in Oregon. Let's talk about Nokia. How you doing, Brian? How are you? I uh, could be better uh, as I just, you know, got right over the cold on this one. But, uh, you know, I uh, heard you were talking yeah. about it back in October. But when you get take a bath on something like this, what's your course of action usually? Just stick with it? Or, I mean, well, I don't like how he took away the dividends from... You know, investors for the yeah. next two quarters, and you know. So, anyways, I just wanted to hear, you know, uh, your thoughts on okay. just them um, just you know, having a travesty. The, like the this. problem with yeah, Nokia is a big company, twenty billion dollars. It's big. Uh, Nokia is the Finnish developer of telecom infrastructure, mobile broadband, broadband technologies, and digital map networks. It's a good company, but it, earnings have been kind of flat for almost a. Since 2013, I mean, 2013 they made 28 cents. 2014 they made 33 cents, and 2020 next year they're going to make 31 cents. They're going to make 23 cents this year. So it doesn't have a compelling reason to buy it. Okay, what? So now it's fallen from almost five dollars and something down to 3.55 and one, two, three, four days. Okay. So it's really took on it. Let's say you own it, okay? You own it, and you're saying, well, what should I do now, now that I took the bath? Well, I tend not to sell it, uh, to be honest with you, John. I mean, uh, Brian, I tend not to sell it because many times when something takes this much of a bath, and like in a very short period of time, it will bounce for you. And if I didn't like the fundamentals, I would sell the bounce. 
So you should get a bounce to about 425-ish, uh, maybe 435, somewhere in there. And I'm using Fibonacci numbers, by the way. I don't know if you know what those are, but that's what I'm using. It's a natural, these are natural occurring numbers in, in, in nature and in statistics and in stock market. So you should get a bounce, and then if I didn't like it, I would sell the bounce. It's 31 cents, and it's going to make three. It's three dollar fifty-five cents stock, and it's going to make 31 cents. So you're talking about a PE of around 12. That's at the very low of its range. So I tend not to sell something when it's been oversold like this. It's too late. Right. It's very. Right. So I'll probably just hold on to it, bite, bite it, and be miserable for a while until you get a bounce. Okay. Okay, Brian, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Nokia, N-O-K. Danny, if you'll hold on, I'm going to have to take the break. I'm really up against it. I apologize. But if you hold on, Danny in Long Beach, we'll get to your question. Today is the 90th anniversary of Wall Street crash in 1929. Whoopie-doo. You know, something to celebrate, huh? <laughs> so as we go to break, here's my trivia question. On Black Tuesday, October 29th, 1929, how many shares were traded as the panic selling reached its peak? How long did that record stand? I'll have the answers next. And now I'm taking your investment questions. Call at 888-99-CHART. Trying to understand how to evaluate some of the oil stocks. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. And now's the best time. Numbers are elusive. Is it only a maximum of 7,000 total between the two accounts? They're always changing. And shot up to about 380 at one point. I got in about 291. On InvestDoc, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners. It's about 5% of my overall portfolio. InvestTalk listeners know it's all about the numbers. As far as I remember, you only have 60 days to complete a rollover from a 401k into another retirement vehicle. So the questions keep coming. I've got a question about insider trading. From every part of America. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is G from Philly. 24-7. Hi, this is Jen from Portland, Oregon. Using years of experience, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks a lot, guys. InvestTalk.com. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. This is InvestTalk, and you've come to the right place. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and talk to Danny in Long Beach. How are you doing, Danny? Doing well. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for waiting. I appreciate that. Uh, not a problem. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm calling about uh, ticker symbol IIPR. That is, uh, that's a REIT. That's in the uh, cannabis sector. I'm uh, just curious. I okay. mean, I've had this on my watch list for quite a while. I've seen it go up, and recently I've been noticing it's going down a little bit. I just wanted to see if maybe uh, the opportunity to buy is, is getting there. 
Okay, okay. Let's just take a quick look at some of the numbers. It's innovative IND, industrial properties, I guess. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that targets acquisitions of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. Okay, and of course, we all know that that's an area that's been growing very fast, right? The cannabis area. I do like the fact that this is not into the cannabis itself because it's still, you know, against the law federally, but it's into the properties or real estate that might benefit from that. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Now let's just see, well, is, is, is it valuable? Is it, what, what's going on? It's going to make $2.76 this year, and it's, that's up a, over 100% from last year. It's only a four-year-old, been public for only four years or so. Next year, it's going to do almost double, $4.77 a share. It's a $69 stock. So you're looking at, you know, a, what, 15 PE or so, a little less than that, which is pretty darn reasonable, pays a 4.5% dividend. It's a $780 million market cap company, so it's, very, it's small cap, small cap, so it's risky because it's size. It's risky because it's only been out for four or five years. But uh, it looks like it has a pretty good value component. So in answer to your question, it got up to 130 something dollars a share and now it's at 69. So this looks like the, a good pullback that you want to be a buyer. I would not buy it just yet. It hasn't shown any signs of stopping its fall yet. I'm thinking it may it's possible to go down to the 40, 45 dollar area. Because I see a lot of support between 40 and 50 bucks. So I think you just want to be a little patient. Let's wait for it to start to recover before you step into it. But I do think it's at a pretty good value at this point. I really do. Okay? Thanks for calling. Great. I appreciate it. Great. Now, thank you. thank you for the call. Thank you. Um, remember, we had that trivia question. Here's my answer. Okay? Um, remember, the... The setup was it's Black Tuesday, October 29th. Okay, that was Black Tuesday where the market crashed. And how many shares were traded as the panic selling reached its peak? That's the question. How many shares? And how long did the record stand? Okay, the Wall Street crash of 1929 started on October 24th, Black Thursday, and continued until October 29th, Black Tuesday, when share prices of the New York Stock Exchange collapsed. This was the largest financial crisis of the 20th century. The drop in share price on October 24th to the 29th were practically instantaneous in all financial markets except Japan. An economic contraction gripped the world during that next decade. Here are the stats. On Black Tuesday, October 29, 16 million shares were traded as the panic selling reached its peak. And that record stood for 40 years. 40. The market had lost over $30 billion in, in the space of two days, including $14 billion on October 29th. Okay. The Dow then embarked on another long slide until July 1932 when it closed at $41.22. Okay. It's lowest level in the 20th century. And that means there was an 89% loss. 89% loss for the stock market. Almost 90% loss. How long did it take until the market rose to pre-crash peaks? So how long did it take to recover? 25 years. 
So that was 1954. November 23rd, 1954. Pretty painful period. That's a, that's a secular bear market of the last 25 years. You know, secular bear markets and secular bull markets always happen. What is the, What are their average? Okay, they average about mm, 14, 15 years. Uh, they go, the shortest ones are in like nine. The longest one is 25. Like this one. This is the longest one. Secular bull and bear markets. Where are we in now? A secular bull market. When did it start? 2009. How many years is that? Ten years. Hmm. So the shortest secular bearable mark is nine, and this one's this bull phase we're in is at ten. It could still keep going. Anyways, eight 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 ninety nine chart. That's our number. What is the next step? What's next after the Federal Reserve cuts rates? Almost everybody, including myself, are convinced they're going to cut rates here in the next few days after their meeting. So it'll be another quarter point. That will be a third time in a row. Do you remember uh, me talking about how often when they change direction, they meaning the Fed changes direction, interest rates, how many times they cut or increase rates in a row on average? Four. It's four. So this would be the third one. Third cut in a row. So the minimum, the it's not the average, the minimum is four. Minimum. So they'll probably cut it again. But when? Will they wait a whole year before they cut it? Or will they do it next meeting? So what's going to happen after this? Now, you heard me and Justin, I'm sure, talk about we're back to QE again. They're buying $60 billion. They're saying they didn't have any change in their in their monetary stance. At the same time, they announced they're going to buy $60 billion a month worth of bonds, which certainly sounds like a change in stance to me. It's called quantitative easing. I think we may have to get used to permanent quantity easing, even though I think that's very unhealthy to do that. That certainly seems like that's what's happening. So what does it mean? It means that you know we're always going to have lower interest rates, and they may be driving them down more based on depending on what the economy does. Worldwide, everybody's all the all the central banks. National banks are cutting rates or already negative many parts like Germany and Europe. There's lots of negative rates. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's a distortion of normal economic activity and no one knows where it will lead. I can't tell you how long, where, when, no one can. It feels like to me we're following the path of Greece doesn't feel right to me. Over the long haul, something's going to give badly. Now, it might not be for years. I can't tell you. I don't know. This is new territory. This is something new for big, modern, Western economies to get to these low, low rates and some and negative rates. This is new. I don't know. No one knows. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, let's go talk to Richmond in Las Vegas. How you doing, Richmond? Oh, hi, Steve. Um, I have a two-part question. Uh, can the sure. Fed technically keep the interest rates low forever, or will there be any situation that will force them to increase interest rates? Because I always hear about the dollar crashing, and if it does, how will that affect the stock market? The, the dollar falling may not 
may not be a bad thing for the stock market. A weak dollar does not necessarily mean the stock market will crash. A weak dollar does mean often that our economy is weakening and going to go down, and it often means that the stock market will go weak, be weak too, but it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes they go in the completely opposite direction. Can What will drive interest rates up is inflation. If all of a sudden inflation starts to get a hold and we start to get into cycle of inflation, the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates to combat inflation. And when they raise interest rates to combat inflation, that will slow the economy and could push us into a recession. Very common that that's what happens in the past. We are in new territory, as I just said, that you know interest is so interest rates are so very low that you know does this mean we're going to constantly be in very low interest rates? And I have a feeling it's going to be a long time before we'll ever get back to normal rate, normal rates, whatever that means. And that usually means a normal rate on. Uh, you know, uh, a 10-year treasury or 20-year treasury, you know, those normal rates are like 5%. Yeah, and here we are barely at, not even at 2 for those kind of 10-year treasuries. So, um, I think I think we're going to have to get used to very low rates. And I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do think it's a distortion. It's a good question. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that, Richmond. Let's go to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Before we get started on my uh, stock, I'd just like to thank you all for your show. And could you briefly explain how a uh, trailing stop works? Sure, sure. Okay, uh, let's say you, the most of the time, how they are put in places, or where they're put in places, when a stock is moving up, and now it's, you know it's overpriced, you know that it's been going up for a long time at a steep angle, and you're worried that it's going to collapse on you. So you want to lock in profits, but you want to stay with the stock because it's still moving up. That's what a trailing stop does. So, if you know, the trailing stop is, you know, it means that you will sell the stock at a certain time. And that time could be when the stock falls 5% from its highest point. As it goes up and up and up until it falls 5%, then it sells. So that could be your trailing stop. It could be 10% from its peak. You can, you know, you can make any kind of call as for how you know, how when that stop triggers. A stop triggers is a stop that means to sell the stock, stop out of the stock. So a trailing stop just follows the price of the stock until it hits the stop point. And that point is usually a percentage down from a peak as it moves up. Does that make sense? Oh, I lost him. Darn. Also, he wanted to talk about... Uh, MAC, which is McRich Company, it's a REIT that acquires, owns, and develops regional community shopping centers across the United States. Remember, shopping centers have been having a really big struggle because they're competing with Amazon and not doing a very good job. Okay, because it's tough. They got stores, they got physical plants. So these things have been very underpriced, but it could be a value trap. Don't I don't think you should get trapped into these things. It pays a 10% dividend, but I don't know if it can continue to do that. Uh, I, I would not be too excited about this. Sales are consistently dropping 3 to 6% every quarter. And that's why the stock has dropped. So um, I, I, don't, I don't care for the idea. Okay, so... 
don't buy it. That'd be my, my recommendation. Of course, now watch it go up because I said not to buy it, of course. Let's go to Brian in Redwood City. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Steve. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really enjoy your show. Um, I come from a long line of knife catchers, and I've been looking at uh, big charts, B-I-G, trigger symbol, and I wanted your uh, take on it. For everybody else who doesn't know what he's referring to, um, I've said many times, and my 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 mentor taught me this saying: "said Do not try to catch a falling knife." Um, so, and that means when the stock is falling, uh, don't try to catch it because you're going to cut, you get cut, and you're going to bleed. So, uh, Brian said, "I'm I'm from a long line of knife catchers, so uh, you probably got some scars, huh, <laughs> Brian." Anyways, uh, uh, this is big lots. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't we all? This is big lots, big lots Inc. I I, I like their face. Why? There's, it's a they operate 1,400 closeout stores and 47 stage stores offered brand names and closeout pri- uh, prices at closeout brands, and so they're they're a huge discount store. So you know, Amazon doesn't affect them too much. Okay, that's not because they're selling at a huge discount. People go there to buy cheap stuff, big lots. So I kind of like that area because you're gonna there will always be a need for that. They're gonna make three dollars and eighty cents this this year. Well, I'm sorry, three dollars and eighty cents next year. Gonna make four oh four this year. The problem they have is that their sales have been going. The pro, the earnings have been going down. Sales have been okay, about two to four percent growth. Per quarter, so that's not bad, and they plan on turning it around to three dollars eighty-five cents next year. But they've fallen from like sixty dollars all the way down to what twenty-two dollars and fifty-eight cents a day. I think it's a great price right. at this point. Um, and they're going to make three dollars eighty-five cents per share, and it's a twenty-two dollar stock. So you're talking about what a, a six PE. You know, and the the five-year range is 5 to 21. Return on equity is 24%, which is very high. I'm kind of liking it at this price, Uh, Brian. It's made a double bottom. They also, I think their dividend yields around 5% right now. Yes, and it and they cover that easily with that $3.85. They have a cash flow of $6.98 per share. And you know that's a dollar fifty in dividend at five percent. They make three eighty five. They should easily maintain that dividend. So you can buy this, buy for the dividend, and hold it for the possible rebound. I like it, Brian. Thanks for the call. Big lots. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have one goal here, of course, to help you achieve your financial freedom. That's everybody's goal, is it not? I want to do it. So so should you, and I'm sure you do. Or she wouldn't be listening to the show. And, of course, we're going to continue to try to get to that goal after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. And now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. 
Step up with your questions now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, we haven't got to our main talking point. We're running low on time, so let me talk about that a little bit. U.S. business hiring falls to a seven-year low. So this is a measure of hiring by the U.S. companies that falls to a seven-year low, and there are fewer employers are raising pay at the same time. And this is a survey, okay? Um, just uh, uh, one-fifth of the economists surveyed by the National Association of Business Econo- Economics said that their companies have hired additional workers in the past three months. So that was only one-fifth. That's down from one-third just back in July. So only 20% are now looking for uh, to hire people or are hiring people versus 37% in July. 33%, I'm saying. So that's a pretty good fall in a pretty short period of time. So that doesn't mean jobs are not being created. They are. We saw that in the last jobs report, just less so. And we know that there's been less jobs produced in this year than it was last year. So we know that businesses are spending less. And the primary reason they give is because of the trade war. That's their primary reason that they say that sales will slow down. So. Is that going to continue? Well, what if we don't have a trade war? Does that mean this thing turns around? So I'm always trying to think of the next thing down the road. The next big thing to happen is a deal on the trade war. Will we get one? That's pretty much up in the air. I think, I can tell you this, I think Trump is going to try awful hard to get one before the election. Okay, so so this, so this survey is saying that the the rate of hiring people has fallen sharply in the last few months. And that's going to reflect in our economy at some point. We're already seeing it reflected in many parts of the economy. Right? We've seen it. Um, you've seen it. You know, we're in a, technically, in the industrial section of our economy, we are already in a recession. We've had two quarters in a row where it's fallen or shrunk. Okay, where the economy overall is still growing because we are dominated by being a service sector economy. And our, that will probably continue to grow as long as we have consumers that are willing to spend. Remember, consumers, 70% of our economy is what the consumers do. They spend their money, they drive our economy. They get raises, they drive our economy. They have jobs, they drive our economy. And they have all three of those things. It's just that they have those things, those things that have been drivers are slowing in our economy. It's okay. It's nothing, you know, it's not, the sky's not falling. It's just something to watch. Okay. Now, things you should stop doing online. I got three things here. One of the things that I'm sort of guilty of, but I've been trying to get out of the habit, is recycling Recycling passwords. Because you know how annoying it is to change your passwords. I I probably have 30 different passwords. And half of my software requires I change the passwords every three months or six months or something. And boy, is it tough to keep up. Okay? But try not to use the first and last name. Try not to use a number in front of the first name, a number in the last name, or your birthday with your initials attached to it. These are too common. I've come up on a, a solution for myself that I read somewhere, and I like it a lot. 
And that is to use a really short phrase, a common phrase, like to be or not to be. There's a common phrase, so that's the password. And if I had to use a number, I'd put a one in front of it and a, you know, or eight in the back of it or something. To be or, or like this. Um, any kind of phrase or title of a book, you know, um, you know, get rich slowly. Things that I say sometimes could be a password. Now, of course, now I can't use those now. <laughs> you know, but I find like those, I, they're easier to remember for me. Anyways, so that's one thing. Uh, granting all permissions on applications, you know, on app, not applications, on apps, you know, where they say, well, we want the app to ask you permission to do, to track you or whatever. Don't have to do that. You can say no, but sometimes there's no reason for it. And stop trusting appearances. Just because it looks good or, you know, they say that they, one of the biggest scams out there is to make, you know, a, 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 a you know, use somebody's uh, logo and say, we're from those so-and-so, and they're a scam. Don't trust that stuff. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another InvestTalk program. And, of course, I will return tomorrow, and I hope you will, too. So please tell your friends to come and join us. I really would like that. You can always rate me. Go to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can download me, rate me there. Rate me there. I would appreciate that. Or you can go to InvestTalk.com as well. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.